0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Call Your Hits, a Stormriders Airsoft podcast. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Over the last few weeks, we've been having some really great conversation with many of you on our Discord server. If you haven't checked us out yet, you'll find a link in the episode description. But basically, it's a place that we're able to chat directly with you guys about anything and everything Airsoft-related. We'll share some pictures as well. We would love to see your pictures. And then, of course, we'll throw in a few choice memes here and there. All in all, though, it's all good fun, and we'd love for you to join us there. That being said, today's episode was actually prompted by a few discussions we've had there recently. A few users were just getting geared up and psyched up for their very first Airsoft games. And we were super pumped for them because, as you all know, it's a super exciting time. But it's also a little nerve-wracking. And there's a lot of things that you need to consider or that you might want to consider for before your first game. And it can be really, really overwhelming. I mean, you have so many different options. You have... Tons of different opinions from lots of different people, and it can be really hard to know what's going to matter for you, what's not going to matter, and you can get a little bit bogged down. So today, what we wanted to do was really talk a little bit more about that beginner experience.
1: Yeah, and I think it's pretty important for us to acknowledge, like, we've talked about this a bunch uh, over the course of this podcast and in a bunch of our videos, But one of the things we've been getting as feedback is that while that's useful, it's not consolidated anywhere. There isn't even really a place within our content for someone to go, oh, yeah, these guys have sort of a reasonable idea of where to go. Uh, Start here as a beginner. And we felt that that was kind of problematic, really.
0: So yeah, and like Pat said, really what we want to do is to have this as a resource for a beginner player to be able to listen to and say, okay, this might be a good way for me to approach my thinking when I'm looking at Airsoft as a new hobby for me. However, it's not just for beginners. I think that as we have these conversations, even more experienced players will benefit from thinking about the same sort of approach uh, when deciding to pick up new kit, or you know, if it's a new rifle for a new playstyle, or, or what have you,
1: we'll try to help keep you off of the uh, ooh shiny trap that so many of us fall into often. <laughs>
0: And this isn't to yuck anybody's yum. If you find something fun, then you should definitely do that thing. But from the perspective of how you should invest your time, how you should invest your money, but also how you should even invest your emotional energy. Because if you're nervous about something or you're worried about stuff, you're expending energy and emotional bandwidth for something that may actually not be that important. So to start off that discussion, I want to go back to what it was like when we were just starting out, right? So I had come, uh, as I mentioned in previous episodes, I came from, uh, I came to Airsoft from Paintball. So I had a, a bunch of kit already built up. Like I had a, a vest and, you know, I had some like BDUs and stuff. And I just wanted to make sure that I had like iPro and I had a good, you know, an AG whatever I could get. Because at the time, uh, as we mentioned in the past, it was harder to get, you know, all that kind of stuff in Canada. It was more expensive too. But I had my, my gear and really... I was just really excited to play, but I had no idea about anything, right? I didn't know anything about uh, what BB weights to use. I didn't know anything about motors. I didn't know anything about upgrades. It was just sort of like, I didn't even know anything about batteries to be completely honest with you. I just charged the battery, plugged into my gun and sort of just went on with my day, right?
1: Ah, the sorceress device is doing the thing. Excellent.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. But now where Airsoft is even more prevalent, you have just this like, this completely open field of information everywhere. So, all the stuff that I had no idea and was completely clueless about, now everybody is able to get that information before their first game. And, you know, uh, if I'd had that information at the time, I, I don't really know what I, what I might have done.
1: And I mean, you know, it's it's worth noting here that like, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a teacher by trade, but I'm a university trained researcher by uh, by skill set, right? And there's enough information that, you know, I can go spend a couple of hours or a couple of days reading about, you know, a new way of our hopping a gun, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's not a bad thing for me. Um, you know, I'm I'm fairly deep into the knowledge pool of how to work on airsoft guns at this point. But for a new player, that's got to be, you know... Uh, somewhere in between daunting and like impossible.
0: Yeah. And I mean, when you think about it, if you've watched some of our other videos, let's say it's your first Airsoft game ever, and you've watched some of our other videos. So now you have people telling you, okay, well, you should be considering using 0.25 BBs at the very minimum, or 0.28 BBs, or even 0.30 BBs. And you don't know anything about your gun's performance. You don't know anything about the kinds of spring that's in your gun, perhaps. You only know that it's, you know, shooting 350 FPS. You don't know what that actually, means in terms of airsoft performance any of that stuff
1: yeah, you don't have any metrics to compare that to um totally even if you do know what that sort of air quotes means
0: yeah absolutely and so now you're stressing about oh do i have the right bbs for the, for for my gun
1: where can i get the right bbs for my gun <laughs>
0: uh or you know do i have the best battery for my gun okay well do, do you know maybe do i need do i need new gears do i need a new motor Right? Oh, uh, what kind of like chest rig am I using? Right? All of these questions. And the the challenge, and I think what, what, we're, what we want to address is, okay, well, how much of that stuff is really gonna matter for you in your first game? How much of that stuff is even gonna matter for you in your first 10 games? Right?
1: And you know, you're gonna end up with um, well-meaning, excited people. And I've definitely been this person going, oh man, like you can do all this, you can do this and this and this and this. Um, because there are a bunch of us who are nerds about teching airsoft guns, right? Like, you know, independent of being nerds about airsoft, generally we're nerds about a specific subset of it. Um, And so, you know, uh, I've learned as a gun tech that, like, when people come asking me about, like, upgrades for guns and stuff, I really want to start out, like, where is this person with this? You know, have they been playing for a week? Because Mm -hmm. if they've been playing for a week, like, sure, I can, you know, I can tell them, oh, yeah, this is what you'll probably want in that gun, assuming you want to stick with that gun for the next five years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I
1: can do it, but that's not necessarily doing them the best service I can in terms of like making their play experience enjoyable. Because like, I think back to, you know, one of the first guns I owned was the P90, right? It's the second year soft rifle I ever owned. Uh, And it was absolutely a horrendous fit for me. Um, But I could have spent $600 on top of the cost of a TMP90 upgrading it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would have gotten me absolutely nowhere in terms of use because I would still have sold it. Right? There's no amount of quality of life upgrades I can put in a P90 that's going to make it not tiny and me not an ogre.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're not going to figure that out until you actually start playing with it. Right. And you, you know, we we always tell people you should be doing ready up drills at home and all this kind of stuff. And even if you do that stuff, Right, you could be doing ready up drills ahead of your first game, and I know one of the guys uh, on the uh, on the Discord, and shout out to Glickman, he's been spending a lot of time doing ready up drills before his first game, and like kudos to him because most people don't do that. So fair enough. But the reality is that you're building that muscle memory, which is great, but you haven't had the experience potentially, and I'm not talking about Glickman in particular. I'm just mean in general. You might not have the experience of what it, what you're going to physically do when someone starts shooting a BB at you. You might not have the wherewithal to actually emerge from cover the way you need to and do your ready-up drill when you know there's somebody there waiting to, to shoot back at you, right? You might just be afraid because it's your first ever Airsoft game. You have no idea what's going to happen.
1: We're all here for that adrenaline hit, for sure, you know, but, like, not everyone reacts to it the same way, even.
0: No, absolutely, absolutely. So when you're thinking thinking about all this stuff like yeah it does matter at some point but there's an appropriate time and like when it's your first ever games what are the things and we said this so, a little like what are the things you need to to be concerned about right so doing your ready up drills and stuff is is good i, I firmly believe that there is no Wasted moment for doing ready up drills building that muscle memory is a critical factor of improving your soft performance and it doesn't matter if you've played one game or you've played a thousand games you will always yeah exactly practice is great you will always benefit from doing the ready ops but do you need to be concerned about that do you need to be spending a lot of mental energy on that ahead of your first game. Probably not. You should be more concerned. Oh, it's not to say probably not. Like you should be really concerned during your first game of making sure you have fun. Right? Like
1: yeah, absolutely. I think there will be a tendency in people's first games. Um, and I mean maybe this is sort of, you know, um the way my brain works. You're like, you know, go expecting to be a badass and then, you know, your first game you get shot in the face. Mm-hmm. And I can't count the number of games in the last five years that my first game of the day at a at, you know a random field day is just like oh yeah yep that was i have been here for 30 seconds of game time and i have been shot in the face all right cool yeah <laughs> it happens right um there's zero you can do about it um but like it doesn't mean you're having a bad day off the cuff it doesn't mean like oh god i'm terrible at this off the cuff it's just yep Shot in the face, cool. Next game.
0: I remember one of the first games I ever played of paintball. It's not, it's not airsoft, but it's 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 related. I distinctly remember like going to the field and being like, all right, Phil, there's a couple of things that you gotta remember, right? The first thing is you gotta remember not to get tunnel vision, right? And then you gotta remember to move. Those are the two things that you need to remember. No tunnel vision and move, right? And I actually took a piece of paper. And I wrote those on a piece of paper, and I stuck them to the lid of my um, paintball hopper, right where you know where you put the the, where you put the paintballs in. And I was like, this way, I'll have it as a reminder. And I I swear to God, like as soon as people started shooting at me, all that went through the window. I couldn't remember anything. I wasn't looking at that piece of paper. I thought that I had it like down to a science. I'm like, yeah, I've got this. I'll have it on a piece of paper and I'm going to smoke this. And as soon as people started shooting at me, my body's automatic responses took over, and I got tunnel visioned and I got put in place and I was not moving out of cover because I didn't want to get hit and I was afraid to get hit. All this was happening nat- happening naturally despite my best efforts. So, one of the key challenges is that because you don't know how you're going to respond in that situation, All this stuff that you're getting worried about and worked up about potentially is not going to matter, right? It's not even going to be a factor for you because other things are going to be like way, way bigger issues. So you could give someone my airsoft gun, which performs extremely well for their first game, and it's not going to do them any particular favors because they're not going to be in a position to utilize that in any way that actually maximizes its particular performance like when i was in high school and you know i was learning to play guitar and um, my guitar teacher had this like two thousand dollar guitar it was like a, a les paul uh, gibson les paul studio custom like it was a beautiful guitar i was only learning chords like what good is this doing to me i would have been just as well served with any old cheap guitar but that's what he had on hand and that's what i learned to play on mm-hmm. well
1: your, your walmart guitar will do for learning chords if it really comes down to it
0: Totally, because it's not about the instrument. So coming back to Airsoft, it's not about the gear. Like, you're you're way, way, way outclassed by all this gear because you're just learning,
1: right? Well, it's like my first game uh, ever of Airsoft. Uh, and we've mentioned this before, but, like, I find it funny still, so it's it's pretty great. So, like, uh, Phil at the time owned a, a G&G Scar-L. And it was, you know, for a stock Airsoft gun, it was quite quite solid. It was one of the best guns, I think, being used by people here at the time. Yeah. Um, hands down. And uh, I was using for most of that day, the unupgraded un- upgraded Well L96 uh, that he bought to build into a sniper rifle, but that we hadn't really done anything with yet. Um, and that was, that was funny in a like, you know, ooh, I did not know what I was doing way. But I remember really distinctly there being a point where Phil Uh, gave me the scare and dumped a couple of mags and was like, all right, I'm going to sneak around with the pistol and shoot them. You just suppress them. And I ran out of ammo. I was like, all right, I don't know how to change magazines. I do not know which button on this removes the magazine.
0: Yeah. So coming back to our original point of all of this is that when you're starting out, there's some key things that you need to be spending your energy on and other stuff that you can, you can think about it. You can talk about it, but when it comes down to it. Chances are it's, it's g- not going to be a factor for you. Cause there's, there's other stuff that's way, way more important. However, there are things that you, you should be thinking about and there are things that you should be considering. So obviously you need to make sure you have a working gun, right? Like that is, uh, that's number one. Now, if you're going for your first, first ever game and you're renting it, you won't have to worry about that, right? Because the field will give you a working gun. And if it doesn't work, you're paying for it. So they'll get you one that does Or you get your money back, right? One or the other, but like, you're going to get a functioning device.
1: And if you can, you know, renting a gun for your first game is definitely not a half bad idea because it's a lot cheaper than buying a gun for your first game and finding out you don't enjoy this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we
1: think you will and hope you will uh, enjoy this, but, you know, that's, you know, $400 or $200 is a fair chunk of money to play with in that sense.
0: Then then the other thing too is, you know, if you do decide that you're going to buy your gun the first time, you know, what we would highly recommend is, firstly don't spend too much money on it because again you don't know if you're really going to love it or not number 1 but number 2 don't get something so specific that you really box yourself into a particular corner and then start to either think okay well i hate this or this is really not working for me and like people often say and you i'm sure all of you have heard this don't buy a sniper rifle for your first gun right and I don't necessarily agree with that sentiment. I think if you if you want to buy a sniper rifle for your first gun, go ahead and do that thing. However, there are certain limitations with it that will make it a much harder experience for you than it really needs to be the first time around, especially if you're getting, like, a bolt-action sniper rifle and you're getting outgunned by guys with, like, a Polar Start RPK or whatever. Like, <laughs> you're in for a world of, of hurt if that's your first, first-ever gun. And, again, I'm not yucking anybody's yum, but... If you're if you're really looking to sink money into this, you, you may want to look for something that's a bit more like generalist or a little bit more flexible to allow you a bit of space to grow and try different sort of playstyles and find out what you like. Because the other thing is, you don't want to do like I did and buy a sniper rifle and build a ghillie suit and play one game and realize that you hate sniping.
1: And I think we can we can do one better than the the typical don't buy a sniper rifle advice. Um, because like, that's, it it's maybe useful advice in a lot of ways, I think for, for a first time air softer, but rather than approaching it from that, let's try to approach it from a, what should you be looking for in your first airsoft gun? Right. And so cheap is fine. Right. Um, you know, within your budget is good. Um, secondhand and works is, is a great place if you have a community that allows for that. Um. You know, many of my guns have been secondhand, and it has caused me very few problems.
0: All of mine have been secondhand, and I've had lots of problems, but not because they were secondhand. (laughs) None (laughs) none of your
1: problems have been the fault of the gun being secondhand. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, For sure. You know, but so try to get something in a rifle length. Um, If at all possible you know, go to a shop and see if you can figure out, like, what length of rifle feels comfortable for you on a basic or level. But generally speaking, try for something in a rifle length or carbine length because those are very comfortable, right? Um, you know, your M4 carbine is a really great starter or soft gun because it's sort of a middle length and it can do most jobs tolerably well. Um, try to get something that is full has the ability to shoot on semi and on full. Not necessarily because you should be shooting on full auto all of the time, but sometimes it's it's nice to have the fun button. Um, yeah. But from a mechanical point of view, right? There's the gun tech arriving again. Um, you know things that are semi can lock up on semi, and if they have a full auto switch, it will usually unlock them for you um, very quickly um, without damaging the gun. It's just a, a function of the way semi-automatic triggers on your soft guns work. Um, that's useful, right? Um, try to get something with a top rail so you can put an optic on it if you decide you want to try to get something with iron sights so that you have something to aim with <laughs> without having an optic you know um we run irons on all of our guns as a backup but they're all zeroed they're all there to work um you know i would advise this is more of a tech thing than a than a practical thing in some ways but Don't get something super weird for your first airsoft gun. Like a lot of people I've played with over the years, people on our team have gone like, no, I don't want an M4, but this takes M4 mags and it looks different, so I'm going to go grab it. Um, Practically speaking, if it looks different and weird, it's probably more complicated if something goes wrong with it. that is worth thinking about in your first airsoft gun. Yeah, for sure. Because you might have to take it apart while looking at, you know, one of our tech videos or someone else's tech videos. And like, if it's a, a much more complicated gun, it's going to irritate you. I would also flatly recommend that you stick to an M4 or an AK platform for your first airsoft gun. Um, those are the two most common platforms, which means they're the two most common uh, platforms to get parts for, both external and internal and they're the places that magazines are going to be the cheapest and most easily accessible. Uh, Also, uh, you may have noticed that they're the most common real-world firearms out there, pretty much. Uh, And that means getting, you know, something that'll hold your magazines later will be easier.
0: For sure. And, like, you can agonize over this decision forever, right? Like, the reality is there's so many different models out there. There's so many different manufacturers. There's so many. I would highly advise is, you know, at the end of the day, if you get something from a reputable manufacturer, right? So you think about like your King Arms, your g g your G&P, like your um, VFC, your, um, I don't know, like Specna Arms. Like, I mean, we can keep listing this for, for a while, but the bottom line is chances are that if you buy something from a reasonable manufacturer, you will end up with something that is relatively usable for definitely your first season may be longer. And you can sort of future-proof yourself if you buy, for example, a, a gun with a metal body that you might be able to upgrade in the future. But really, when you're looking at your very first gun, don't really over-complicate it. Like Pat was saying, stick to an M4 and AK-47. You will be well-served. Stick to a more well-known manufacturer, and you will, you know, generally, you're talking about uh, a 50 to $75 price point difference between, like, a cheaper manufacturer and a little bit better uh, manufactured a little bit more reputable manufacturer right um so you can get like i think a a, a full metal king arms m4 for like
1: 300 often 300 dollars canadian honestly yeah like it they're not super hard to come by a lot of the time
0: like that's not that expensive and if the difference between and we've said this before pat has said this many times but if you can afford the 250 now you might just want to save up for that extra 50 and just you know wait two weeks or however long it's going to take you and get just a little bit better because that $50 investment is going to work out for you uh, more in the long term if you decide to stick with the sport, right?
1: I'm also going to give you guys a tip that like I have definitely given members of my team, um, but I don't really think I've actually like thrown this out there. One of the best things, if you're like looking at your collection of gun options and you're like, oh, I really want this specific one, um, before you buy it, open up Google and type the, the name and brand, like the model of gun and known issues and have five minutes worth of a read. Because if you do that and like nothing significant pops up on the first page of Google, you're probably good. Yeah, you know, but like if you um, you know to poke a little fun at, uh, at John here, you know, like if you're gonna buy a car 98, and you search the Car 98, and you realize that oh, this is a bolt-action, shell ejecting, gas-operated airsoft gun that is known for losing the shells and not functioning ever again. That might affect your purchasing decision, right? Um, you know, if you are looking at an M4, and I'm not going to name one offhand because I can't think of one offhand that has this issue, but like if you're looking at an M4, and you're like, oh, um, you know, reviews say this usually falls apart after the first 2,000, 3,000 rounds okay, maybe we'll, maybe we won't get that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you do want to do your sort of like your due diligence on this. Um, partly because again, like, you know, I don't have uh, $400 to throw away super regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to have $400 to throw away super regularly. That'd be great. But uh, yeah, you know, do your due diligence on sort of like just basic lookup stuff to make sure you're not buying something that the entire soft community is aware is a lemon, but that's still being sold. Yeah. Because that has happened, right? You know, um, not every manufacturer of airsoft guns is the same. And like one of the benefits, as we talked about in some of our tech videos, is they're basically all a little air compressor if they're an electric gun, right? They're all more or less doing the same thing. So uh, the external furniture doesn't actually matter very much other than ergonomics, right? Um, you know, the P90 that I mentioned earlier versus the SCAR that I owned at the same time. Right. When I got in, I just bought a scar L because Phil had one and he was like, This is really good. You know, and I've zero regrets about that. It was a fantastic rifle. The Scar and the P ninety had comparable performance metrics, right? Um the Scar had a slightly longer inner barrel. Um it shot a little bit harder. Uh, but almost every game I'd bring both of them, right? You know, for, for an entire season, I brought my scar and my P ninety to every game. Right. I had my vest set up so that I could access both Sort of my P90 mags, uh, while carrying the mags for the scar without any inconvenience. So I just swapped between them at whim. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't usually carry them both for um, like an individual game, but I brought them both to the field. And almost every game, I realized after not that long, I'd rather be using the scar, and that's the reason I ended up not keeping the P90. Is just that every single time I was out there with the scar, I was like, or with the P90, I was like. I'd rather be using the Scare. Ugh. Um, and that was, you know, um, an expensive, uh, bit of stupidity on my part, right? That was an expensive toy to not end up enjoying it all. And I, I'd like to keep you guys from doing that as much as possible. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, the performance metrics on them had nothing to do with the internal configuration of them. Um and everything to do with the fact that I'm a large man and the P90 was tiny and I could not comfortably shoulder it. Um, You know, and like I could talk about the ergonomics of reloading a P90 and the fact that uh, it's fun but not terribly practical. But that's not, you know, the primary issue, which is just, you know, I'm a big dude, you know, like I'm six foot two, I have long gangly arms and broad shoulders. and So if you're a new player and you're looking at rifles, you know, and you're looking at, you know, well, what do I want to start with? Um, And you're like me and you're like, man, little guns are really cool. I don't recommend grabbing that subcompact SMG or even that like full sized, you know, MP5, because you're probably going to find that it's not big enough for you. And I think Phil can offer a useful counterpoint there because he's, you know, um, not an ogre.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm, you know, a half stack, junior mint uh you know i'm a short dude and i'm five six right i'm 165 centimeters and i used to run a really long scar l like once we got it upgraded uh, i had the scar i had like a in, longer inner barrel a suppressor etc that's pretty unwieldy right that's just that didn't really work for me and so i think to bring it back to the to, to the original point which is if you're sticking to a regular length m4 or a regular length ak47 as your first gun it's not something you need to be concerned about.
1: Right. Both of us can use one of those.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like assuming you are not a toddler listening to this. And if you are a toddler, you should probably turn this off because it's not meant for toddlers. Um, But assuming you're a regular sized human, even if you're on the short side like me, or you're on the tall side, side like Pat, you can use an M4. You can use an AK 47. The size will be fine for you. It's not something that, and your first game, not even your first 10 games, you need to be worried about. Right. Just, Get the gun, use the gun, and start to get the feel for it. That is going to be much more important to you than trying to not only learn how to play the game, but also learn how to wrap your weird gangly arms around this little tiny gun that you bought. Or try to wield this super long sniper rifle that you bought, despite the fact that your arms are, you know, a foot and a half long, right? Like it's, you don't want to be worrying about all that. It's not worth your time. It's just going to complicate things. So just stick to something simple and that'll do you for a really long time. And it will, again, as we were saying at the start, also give you a bit of flexibility because if you have that gun that is like regular size, you can do a little bit of CQB right? See if you like that. You can do a little bit of like, you know, bushwhacking through the woods and see how you like that. And you can do medium range engagements or long, quote unquote, long range engagements for airsoft. You can do a lot of that kind of stuff because you have a regular normal gun and that can help you build your baseline. You know, people have been talking on the discord. There's a lot of different stuff that's being discussed around like, Oh, well, these upgrades are important or this weight of BB is important and all that stuff. It certainly is important at some point, but when you're starting out, really what you're trying to do is get yourself a good picture of what airsoft is for you and how you play airsoft. And, by sticking to something that's more general, you can try the, you know, the, the largest breadth of different stuff rather than just being focused in on one spot. So when you're you're thinking about your first game, stick to, a, you know, a regular gun, like we were saying, regular length, stick to regular ammo, like get .2s or .25s. Ideally, most guns will be able to throw that just fine. You don't have to worry about it. Get a .25 as a baseline and then get, you know, if you're, most guns come with a high cap, that, that is fine. You do not need to have, to be worrying about mid caps or real caps or anything like that. Just use your high cap. That's totally fine for your first few games. Even, you know, well into the future. Lots of people want to use high caps. Totally fine, right? Don't worry about any of that stuff. Find some way to carry your, you know, if you have multiple mags, put them in your pocket. You don't need to be worrying about getting, oh, what kind of play carrier is going to do better? What kind of chest rig is going to do, is going to work well for me? Like, All that stuff is cool, and if you want to get it, that's fine. But you will not be utilizing that anywhere to near its potential, right, in your first few games. So just focus on the gameplay.
1: Everyone on our team has, like, you know, notwithstanding that we all own, like, LBE and fancy vests and everything you could think of, everyone on our team has stuffed a mag of some sort in the pocket in their pants and used it sometime in the last year.
0: Totally. You mean, you, you're like, just think <laughs> about it. You're you're trying to tell me that there's not a single, like, warfighter, gunfighter anywhere in the world who doesn't stuff an extra mag into his pocket somewhere just because it's not proper LBE. Like, that's crazy talk. Of course, you know, you're in a war zone somewhere. Someone gives you a mag and you don't have place for it on your carrier. You're going to dump it in a pocket. If you don't have a carrier, you're going to put it in your pocket. You might be wearing a hoodie. You'll stuff it in the hoodie pocket. Like, just... Carry it somehow. It doesn't matter. You don't need to agonize about it. It's your first game. Don't worry about it. None of that stuff is going to make a difference in terms of keeping you in or out of the game in your first games while you're still trying to find your feet.
1: Absolutely not. Unlike, I mean, even in sort of the the vaguely longer term, like f- one of the things I do here once it gets cold is I swap my spare mags for my gas pistol into the like chest pockets on whatever jacket I'm wearing. So that they're close to my body and are kept warm by me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, like it's the, the ergonomics of it, like, yes, we'll, we love our LBE and we've talked at length about how we think it's great and how it's super useful. Um, showing up to your first game thinking like oh man i'm gonna be super pro at this um you're not like unless you have been super pro at paintball or like you know done this sort of stuff for a living um you know in a, in a more tactical real world kind of sense you're gonna show up to your first game and you're gonna be goofy right yeah I, and i mean everyone on our team like we you know we're all veteran players we're all experienced players I have days where I show up and I have, you know, three hours of play and 30 minutes of it, I'm a decent player and two and a half hours of it. I'm just a complete potato because it's an off day, whatever, you know, it happens, Um, you know, so go with the expectation that like, you know, you're going to shoot some BBs and have some fun. And honestly, like, I think talking about expectations is a decent place for us to go there. Right. You know. Um, you don't want to have crazy expectations for your gun going out the first time. You don't want to have crazy ex- expectations for you. If you're like going with some friends and you're like, oh, we're going to be an elite operator team, I, I I have bad news. Um, unless you are actually that in, you know, in your day job, you're not Yeah. <laughs> partly because you just, you don't have those skills, you know, um, a, uh, a great teacher of both of ours um, was very fond of uh, asking us uh, if our asses could cash the check our mouths had written. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, uh, definitely I think in, in the case where you're showing up to your first airsoft game going, yeah, we're going to be bad asses. You're, you're probably failing that test and we definitely have failed that test. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Having that, you know, part of, the, the, the stress and nervousness for a lot of players, including myself, is living up to that expectation. And that still happens to me when I go to the field now, right? That nervousness that you feel comes from the fact that You have certain expectations for yourself and you want to be able to live up to those expectations. And that doesn't necessarily go away. Like you get more confident in your abilities, but even myself, like I go to the field and I'm like, geez, you know, like I need to perform today. Right. Because I have expectations of how I want to do. And that applies everywhere. Like I go for runs sometimes where I'm nervous before the run because I'm like, oh, I hope I do well. And that's completely ridiculous if you really start to think about it, but that's a reality of of how human beings sort of um, uh, how we we process things. And so like I think about some of the guys in the forums who we had conversations with, like they were definitely nervous about the first game because they wanted to do well. And there's nothing wrong with that. But part of that is also understanding, you know, what exactly do you think is going to happen? And what is your expectation and is it realistic? And it comes back down to the same point, like about your, your gear and your guns. Like, if you're agonizing over whether wearing a plate carrier or a chess rig is, is the right decision, well, my question is do you actually expect that to make a difference for you? Right? And if it is your first ever airsoft game, or even maybe your first within the first 10 airsoft games, chances are the answer is no, it is not gonna make a difference for you because there's other stuff that's way bigger. That is, that is blocking that before you even get to that point.
1: And, like, you know, doing the ready ups will actually make a difference. You might not feel that difference, right? But they will. Mm-hmm. Uh, buying a $300 chest rig won't. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, you know, it, it might have a positive impact on your mindset. You might feel more confident going out, and that's definitely beneficial. You know, but at the end of the day, the first-time airsofter who is, you know, a 16-year-old kid in a hoodie with... A rental M4, and the first-time airsofter who is, you know, a 26-year-old in a $300 chest rig camo and carrying, you know, a brand new $400 crytac, are gonna perform comparably. Yeah. One of the things you know we've talked about is that like I've I've sort of reached the point where I'm I don't really care about getting shot with airsoft BBs anymore because I'm like I know how I know how this is going to feel whatever. Um, and that's not to say that I'm never like, ah, oh, something flew by my head. But um, broadly, it doesn't bother me. It's mm-hmm. not that big a deal. Um, that took a long while, <laughs> right? Um, and um, I mean, and reasonably speaking, I'm also probably at least somewhat a crazy person. Like, you know, I'm I'm more comfortable with that than maybe you should be. But the result is, yeah, okay, so I've played a lot of Airsoft. I know how my adrenaline response kicks in. I know how to deal with my adrenaline response in such a way as to make it not um, counterproductive while I'm playing, Mm -hmm. right? For the most part. Um, I know how to use my airsoft rifle to shoot at stuff. I know how to use my airsoft rifle to shoot at people who are shooting at me. Cool. Yeah. Um, All of those are skills. All of them took time, right? uh so expecting yourself to show up for your your first airsoft game and be like oh yeah i'm good at this is is probably foolish absolutely um, it's you know it's i mean it related to uh, to drawing right so um, children when you give them a pen and paper just start drawing and they're not really concerned adults when they start taking art classes are all 100% going man i should be drawing perfectly you're like well it's your first day like this is the first time you've put serious effort into learning how to draw and you're saying oh man i should be drawing like da vinci right like michelangelo uh they had the best teachers in the world from the age of five and they drew exclusively all day every day from the age of five don't expect to be doing that your first time right so if you're then you know going and watching um action movies where like you know Uh, Chris Hemsworth plays a SEAL guy and doesn't need to reload because we didn't feel like putting that on camera because it wasn't what we were going for Uh, and all of his shots are perfect, even though that's impossible and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Uh, That's not possible. People don't do that. Right. Um, You know, but at the same time, if you're watching like, you know, Final Daddy or other like really skilled real steel shooters, You know, have you put in 100 hours shooting your specific airsoft gun?
0: Yeah, exactly. You
1: know, are you aware that your specific airsoft gun is significantly less accurate than the least accurate pistol in Flannel Daddy's collection? Yeah, and that (laughs) applies
0: to to any skill. Like, I mean, uh, you know, you mentioned drawing. I've just been getting back into chess. Like, you can go on YouTube and watch, you know, video after video after video of, like, chess GMs, like, you know, Hikaru Nakamura playing chess. You watch him play over and over and over. If you play your game chances are you're not that good, right? And things are going to go sideways because you don't know what you're doing, right? That's certainly my situation. And I, you know, you might feel, I think this is one of the attitudes that we've also seen, uh, not necessarily on our Discord, but just in general, is like, oh, well, I'm different. The rules are different for me. They're not, right? The rules are the same for everybody. And when you first start doing something, you are going to suck at it. And sucking at something is the first step to getting kind of good at it, right? But you need to understand that that's not going to go. That's fine. And that's also why you don't need to be worried about whether or not, you know, does my gun have an R-hop or doesn't it? Do I need 13 to 1 gears or, you know, is 16 to 1 better? Or do I need a teenly motor or is a stock motor fine? None of that stuff matters when you're starting out. Because as we said earlier, your skills aren't where they need to be to actually be able to benefit from this kind of stuff however there are some exceptions and i think this is one of the things that is really important for for me and i think we've talked about it uh, you know in the past but if you are a beginner and you're thinking okay well i want to go and i, I want to start playing airsoft and i should be you know i you know i need all this equipment and stuff there's one piece of equipment that you absolutely should be taking the time to make sure you are getting the best that you can get, and that fits exactly the spec that you are going to need for what you specifically are going to be doing in Airsoft, which is, you know, engaging in Airsoft. And what I'm talking about here is your eye protection, right? The reason why this is so important is twofold. Obviously, you uh, unless you are some sort of mutant that I'm not aware of, you only have one set of eyes. And... <laughs> If...
1: If you have more than one set of eyes, get that checked. Yeah.
0: So you only have one set of eyes. And if you sustain damage to your eyes, chances are that will be permanent, right? Which is to say that if you play Airsoft with inadequate eye pro and you take a shot to the eye, you quite likely will be blinded. There's no question, and I don't think anyone will ever tell you that it's okay to play Airsoft without eye pro, right? Like, that's just... Nobody will ever make that argument. However... Airsoft, by its very nature, has this sort of, like, reproduction market that exists for gear that looks exactly like the real version of the item, but is just a knockoff copy. And I think you all know what I'm talking about when I say that. The challenge is that you can also see that with eye protection. You can see Airsoft's style replicas of real iPro. so for example i personally have uh and i I bought them for a video that we're going to do eventually a reproduction of bole x800 tactical goggles this is a, a really the x800 is a very very good set of tactical goggles they're a little bit bulky but they have very little fogging issues um if you can get a genuine x800 they are discontinued now um highly recommend them, uh, Matt on our team used them and they are phenomenal.
1: Very comfortable, very
0: comfortable, um, very little foggy, etc. However, you can get Chinese replicas of those, um, of those goggles and they're like 40 bucks. Well, the real versions are over a hundred dollars Canadian, right? And there is a reason for that, right?
1: Don't buy your iPro on Wish, kids. Yeah,
0: like, you definitely shouldn't be trusting your eyes to... And, like, some people will say, oh, well, all, all you need is a piece of plastic. As long as you have a piece of plastic in between the BB and your eye, that should be fine. And the the absolute truth is, that is a lie. You absolutely need a piece of, like, ANSI-rated or whatever the equivalent is, is in your country, of ANSI-rated pro that will protect your eye from a projectile and that will not break as soon as they take a hit. And a lot of these, like, plastic replicas, etc., um, if they take a very hard hit from, let's say, like, a, a sniper rifle that's shooting, like, 500 FPS or something, depending on, of course, the the weight of the ammunition. But if it's a sniper rifle, then it's probably shooting, like, a .36, let's say. That can very easily break that plastic, right? And guess what's behind that plastic? Your eyeball. Like, that's just, it's not a good time in any way, shape, or form. The other thing that's really important about iPro is that there's a lot of really cool looking iPro out there. Uh, a lot of tactical uh, a lot of different types of iPro, et etc. But just because it looks cool and just because it's even used by military doesn't mean that it's meant to be used in the way that we're going to use it. So for example, um, one of the types of Ipro that saw particular Vogue uh, several years ago now were the Smith optics boogie regulators, right? Those goggles are ballistic rated and they are meant for jumping out of an airplane. That's what they're intended for. The challenge is that people wore them for airsoft, but they are meant to be worn in an environment where wind is whipping around your face at like, I don't know what speed when you're falling out of a plane. And as a consequence of that, there's lots and lots of airflow, so they never fog.
1: But If you happen to be playing it uh, in those conditions of airsoft, you're going to find that your gun doesn't shoot in the direction you think it will either.
0: Well, there's that. So if you're playing in regular conditions or even, you know, uh, let's say humid conditions uh, with very little wind, they will start fogging up very, very quickly because they're not meant to be used in that sort of environment. Same with like goggles that are meant to be used in a sandy environment that are completely filled with foam to prevent sand from getting into your eyes. Well, if you're in the middle of a sandstorm in the desert... Um, then, yeah, absolutely. You don't want sand getting in your eyes because that's that sucks. But if you're... Uh, unless you're playing airsoft in the deserts of Arizona, in which case, feel, feel your boots. But uh, if you're playing on a regular airsoft field, chances are there's not sand and dust blowing around. You likely do not need fully enclosed goggles full of foam to prevent stuff from getting in there. All that will do is fog your goggles. So... When you're a beginner, chances are you if you're especially if you're doing a rental, you probably get a paintball mask from from the place that you're playing at. Those are perfectly fine for airsoft purposes, especially for your first game, but you will notice fogging and you're like, man, this sucks. Like I I don't like this. Well, the best way to avoid that is getting a set of iPro that is meant for airsoft, so that is ANSI rated, or like I said, the equivalent. But has the types of airflow that is necessary for iPro not to fog up or that is coded in an anti-fogging treatment which may or may not work depending on the conditions that you're in and humidity levels and so on and so forth right
1: I'd also like to take a second out of our uh, out of our day to uh, hate on the most unsafe thing you can put on your face uh, in a lot of ways uh, which is uh, mesh goggles oh my god yeah right. Uh, you'll see lots of mesh goggles, you see lots of masks that are like, oh, you know, you're a cool like predator mask or daisy mask or whatever. Um, and you're like, yeah, this this looks badass, and it has mesh eye pro and it will say, Oh yeah, this will stop BBs. And the Mesh eye pro will absolutely prevent the BB from penetrating your eyeball. Um, really, really unfortunately though, uh, it will not necessarily prevent the BB from fragmenting and the pieces of the BB from hitting your eyeball.
0: That's assuming Um, the mesh even doesn't stop the BB. There are some cases where uh, the BB can just blow right through the mesh and hit your eye anyway, right?
1: Yes, that does assume... That's right, I was assuming you had a a piece of mesh iPro that had good mesh in it.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Um, Other other noteworthy things that happen uh, with mesh iPro are the mesh rusts. Mm -hmm. And you get hit with the BB, and you get rust in your eye. Also not great. They will not keep you safe. Do not use them. Yeah. Back to your regularly scheduled talking about what you should use.
0: So there's a lot of different, really good iPro options out there. I personally use the ESS Advancer V12s. They are discontinued by ESS, but you can still get them uh, through eBay, like, because they were issued to the UK military. Um, So you can get them surplus. I am on my second set of frames and probably, like, my eighth set of lenses because they're interchangeable lenses. Uh, so I just keep buying them because they're great. The ventilation is excellent. It has a little tiny bit of foam, which I just remove with a, like a toothpick and off you go. Right. It's perfect. Uh, you've got ESS is a very, very good brand of, uh, of iPro in general. You've got other stuff out there as well. Like, I mean, you've got Oakley's, you've got revisions, and I mentioned the Bolays as well. Like these are all professional, uh, eye protection manufacturers, right? If you buy one of their products, you are getting a quality piece of kit that will absolutely protect your eyes. However, it might have fogging issues, right? So you want to make sure that you're also getting something that is applicable for our Airsoft uses because fogging is absolutely a problem, right? It doesn't matter if it's your first game or your 10th game or your 1,000th game. If you can't see anything because your your goggles are completely fogged over, That sucks, right? That's just, that's no fun for anybody. I've had that issue before. Goggles will fog. People who say, oh yeah, I've got this solution that, um, you know, will make sure that your lenses never fog ever again. If you believe them, I have a bridge I'd like to sell you. The reality is that in all conditions it is possible for goggles to fog through condensation etc just by virtue of the way things work Uh, there are steps you can take to prevent that including and we've talked about this in one of our previous videos including like using a a built-in fan Uh, you can use some hydrophobic coatings that make sure that water doesn't build up on the inside Uh, you can get like anti-fog wipes that you just wipe on the inside and applies a little coat and you also have thermal pain lenses especially when it comes to like paintball masks and stuff like that either way Spending time to make sure your iPro is exactly what you need is time well spent. On day one, as a beginner, it is time well spent.
1: Absolutely. And um, remember that what you need first and foremost is safe iPro, right? iPro that will keep your eyes uh, functioning. One thing I want to note: um, I ran for many years um, ESS Land Ops goggles, which are great for running. Uh, if you have glasses, they'll uh, they'll fit a set of glasses in them really comfortably. Um, you do still end up uh, with sort of the complication of glasses inside of goggles. Does make them a little more likely to fog uh, in really hot, humid weather, but um, they are comfortable and they keep your eyeballs in your head and. Those are my primary goals. Uh, The last set of them I bought, I bought for one of our teammates at a second-hand store a couple of years ago for like $40 Canadian. Uh, So they're very widely available. They're not super expensive uh, and they work really well. Yeah. And you can rip the foam out of the sides of them because they're designed for a desert environment mostly. uh, And it helps the airflow tremendously.
0: Another thing that you can consider if your field allows it is shooting glasses. I know, um, our local field doesn't allow shooting glasses for safety reasons, which is totally fair. However, in certain environments, if you're playing on a private field or something like that, um, people might be okay with using shooting glasses as long as they're ANSI rated. Those are great. They're a great option too. Um, I know several, I know Chris for sure has, and Johnny as well, actually, uh, they both have sets of shooting glasses and all they are is safety glasses. Right. And you can get those at any hardware store. They're meant to stop like a piece of like an angle grinder flying off a tool and like trying to come at your eye. They're meant to stop that kind of stuff. If they can stop a flying piece of metal, they can stop a BB, right? They're rated for that kind of stuff. So they're totally fine and they're very, very inexpensive. Like you can get a set of polarized safety glasses that are ANSI rated for, you know, like I was saying, any sort of power tool use and so on for like $10 right? And we're not saying that you have to cheap out either. Like if if that's the message you're getting it's totally wrong. Like we're not saying you have to go cheap, but it's about making sure that you're spending your money on the thing that is the most applicable for your situation. Now, again, if you're playing on a private field, um, that might be an option for you. If you're playing on a commercial field, quite likely they do require full seal eye protection. At which point, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing to have both. So you can switch between one or the other. The great thing about shooting glasses is the airflow is way, 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 way better. And you you get much less fogging issues with shooting glasses. But uh, if you're not able to use them, then you have to go full seal. So again, just follow the tips that we were uh, going through before.
1: And like, the if you, if they're an option, shooting glasses are great for, you know, uh, we do get a few hot, humid days <laughs> during the mm-hmm. summer here. And like, if you're playing when it's, you know, high humidity and like, you know, 30, 35 degrees, it's fantastic to have the airflow.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, you can then, as well, like, we've talked about the iPro, but then you can be like, oh, but do I need tinted glasses? Do I need, like, yellow tint? Is that going to make a difference? For your first games, none of that is really going to matter. Uh, I've used yellow tinted lenses. I've used smoked lenses when it's really bright in the summer. I've used clear lenses. Like, if you have the option of having that stuff, that's great. But don't worry too much about it. Spend more time making sure that you get a piece of iPro that is actually going to... um that is really going to do the job for you. And it might not seem cool, and it's not as fun as, you know, like Googling different types of, you know, airsoft guns that you can buy and all this kind of stuff. But it's a really, really good investment because if you get a good set of iPro right out the gate, then that's something you definitely won't need to worry about uh, in the future, and it will serve you really well um, because you're going to be using them every single game, and they're a critical piece of kit.
1: I I still have all three sets of goggles uh, and all of the spare lenses for them that I've used playing Airsoft. You know, I've used a set of ESS Land Ops, a set of ESS Desert Ops, and I currently have the same uh, ones that Phil is running. Um, The only ones of that set that are in any way at risk of ever failing, I think, are probably the ones that Phil is using. And I haven't used them enough to have issues, but I know uh, because they have much smaller pieces of flexible plastic, they can actually break. Um,
0: i've never had that happen by the
1: way so yeah it's very very unlikely that you're gonna have to replace a good set of these and a good set is only gonna run you like 80 bucks or 60 bucks Mm -hmm. um so just spend that money and not worry about your eyes being popped and that's that's wonderful right that's peace of mind um and honestly like the the ones that we use, you know, they're tactical goggles, like they, they're used by real world militaries. They look cool to me anyway, right? If you're if you're into the aesthetic that I assume you're into if you're trying to play yourself, they look badass. Mm-hmm.
0: As we said at the beginning, this is really only one part of, you know, at least a st- two episodes, maybe more on what beginners should really be concerned about right and we talked about how you should stick to the basics when it comes to, to your first gun we talked a little bit about um setting the right expectations right how you're not going to be a rock star the first time out and that's totally fine uh it might take you a while and that's okay too it's all about learning a, a new skill we also talked about making sure that you do spend the amount of time looking at ipro and not, not just glossing it over
1: and we're gonna move uh, in the next episode or to however many this takes us to do, really, um, I think through a couple other things you can think about picking up relatively early in your airsoft career that'll be helpful and that are you know available widely and relatively cheaply, uh, and you know about sort of how to go from that game one mindset to your game two or game ten mindset, and at what point we feel you should be thinking about you know um, buying a better gun, upgrading your gun. Um, Tinkering with play styles and figuring out that sort of thing. Right. So we're going to try to sort of walk you through your first year of Earsoft and see if we can provide you with um, some perspective on how to go about that um, based on our experience and our helping people do that.
0: Totally. And we'd love to hear your comments and your thoughts on uh, this format, this episode. Uh, you can leave them in the comments below or just come join us on Discord and sort of uh, feel free to shout out any other suggestions that you might have for future episodes. But until then, uh, I think that's all we have for you this week.
1: Yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, and uh, I know I'm uh, I'm definitely more the quiet lurker on the Discord, but I am there reading stuff. Uh, and if you ever have anything you want to ask me directly, just uh, at me and I'll be happy to talk to you.
0: All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.
1: Cheers.